Welcome to episode 10 of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luigi Federico. Hello, everyone. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in addition to YouTube. On today's show, we're going to discuss some rookie draft trends that we've been seeing over these first couple of weeks of the rookie draft season. But before we do that, in middle middle of May 2023, Luigi Federico, what are you doing with Kenneth Walker? So I think if you were planning on selling Kenneth Walker, I think right now is not the best time. I think his value is just too low that you're not going to get the proper value for him. Everyone thinks Charbonnet is going to come in and take a boatload of carries from him or or have be on the field a lot more than he is. And that is quite possible. But in my opinion, you stick with your studs. And I think Kevin Walker is a stud. I think he proved that last year. I, I get all the efficiency uh, questions that have gone with him lately. But how do we know that Charbonnet is going to be more efficient we, we just don't nfl is just a totally different animal than than college is and i actually saw an interesting comparison today on twitter i saw somebody compare kenneth walker and zach charbonnet to uh, ramondre stevenson and damian harris and somebody said that kenneth walker is very similar to damian harris in the way he plays and, and while that may be true i also think the offense of Seattle is different than what the Patriots try to do. I, the Patriots normally don't have just one running back that they like to use to, to carry the rock and Seattle just seems to be different. Seattle seems to, if they find a guy who is hot, then he's going to continue to carry the, carry the rock. And, and I just think Walker is going to be the guy that is given the better opportunities. So I personally am holding Kenneth Walker at this point and honestly, maybe even buying him if I can get him cheap enough. So, as far as your uh, assessment of it's not the right time to sell uh, Kenneth Walker, I think that that, just from what I've seen, is is pretty much a no-brainer, obviously. Uh, he was ADPing before the NFL draft, before Charbonnet was drafted, as probably the fourth, maybe fifth running back off the board in most drafts. Now I'm starting to see, or we've been seeing since the NFL draft, we've been seeing guys like McCaffrey, Barkley, Jacobs, Eckler. These guys are kind of all going ahead of Walker in these startups now, or at least very similarly to where he was going. And uh, most of those guys, Walker was easily going ahead before uh, the NFL draft. I would say one guy who was kind of on the fringe of the top six or seven for me, going into the NFL draft, but because of landing spot and some things ended up happening. And then the Walker situation, I think at this point, it's very, does anybody have uh, Walker ahead of Gibbs at this point? I, I just don't think you really. Can, <laughs> I don't think can you can. You? No, yeah. Cause I mean, I just think Gibbs has much less talent and I don't want to put um, any ill will on, on David Montgomery, but I just don't think that, I think the difference between David Montgomery and Zach Charbonnet is quite big. I mean, Montgomery is no longer a starting running back, and and Charbonnet was drafted to potentially be a starting running back if Walker doesn't get his efficiency up. I currently have Walker as my running back six. Now, I will admit 
I would, if I'm in a startup, which we're fixing to do one here very shortly, uh, I would consider taking McCaffrey or Barkley or even Jacobs or Eckler over him. I, I'm at that point where you've got to consider it, I think. Uh, I think ultimately I'd probably go with the younger asset. Uh, but who knows if, if, if my first couple of picks are, are strong win now, I might just go with one of the veterans. You know, I, at this point, I, I might be on that side of it. One aspect that I've been trying to follow closely while during these rookie drafts is where is Zach Charbonnet actually being drafted in these rookie drafts? Uh, what what does the dynasty community think about him af- after getting drafted to such a horrible location? And unfortunately, uh, I come to report to you, and in my experience, I, I can't put a put my finger on it because I've seen Charbonnet go as early as 108, and I've seen him slide as late as 205. So, and, and everywhere in between, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. So I'm not really sure what Zach Charbonnet's value is in Dynasty. I, I know that on certain teams, I love him as a, you know, quote unquote, zero running back strategy uh, guy, which I actually took him in a league to do just that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, if Kenneth Walker goes down, then Scott's pretty much the limit for Zach Charbonnet, Right. Right. So I don't necessarily think that Zach Charbonnet is going to overtake Walker because Walker has proven that he is very good last year. To me, he has proven that he's very good. And up until this point, we don't know that about Zach Charbonnet. We haven't seen him on the field. Uh, And people, you know, I'm sure are going to say, well, Seattle drafted him, so he must be good. Well, Seattle has not always hit on the running backs. I mean, I mean, Rashad Penny is good, but when he's on the field and how do we know he's going to be on the field? And, and he hasn't always, even when he's been on the field, not he hasn't always been crazy efficient right. every time he's been on the field. So a, lo- a lot of that narrative was built on what he did in a few games last year. But uh, quite honestly, towards the beginning of his career, even when he had opportunities, he wasn't doing a whole lot with it. So uh, I kind of came into this, uh, said this on the last show whenever Zach Charbonnet was drafted, that I wasn't going to panic on Walker. And I don't feel like I am panicking, but I do see the potential for him falling falling down five or six slots in, in the pecking order. So I would have to agree with you that I'm not trying to sell them because you can't get your value out of them. But even though I have them ranked as running back six, technically on my rankings, don't send me any Kenneth Walker trades because I, I'm probably scared enough of him that I'm not going to be looking to pick up any more shares. So kind of one of those guys that you're, we're just stuck on for right now, I think. Yeah. You know, I've seen uh, Charbonnet go as late as the 17th overall pick. And, and honestly, he pretty consistently has been going around the 14th or 15th pick um, in, in a lot of my drafts. So whenever I see him available past that, I, I kind of feel like it's one of those things where you kind of want to consider trading up into, into there. Cause you know, he's going to go right around there and, and at any time somebody could pick him. Um, so if you're, you know, kind of set on Charbonnet being the guy to take over, um, I would try to trade into, one of those early second round picks because you'll probably be able to get him. Well, I did have a situation in, in, in a league that we're in together, Suplex Dynasty, there where I actually, after I took uh, Flowers, I think at 111, I traded him and a second and something else. I traded three pieces 
to move into the three, four, and five. And, and the reason why I did that was to take Miller and Charbonnet because even though I'm not super hot on Charbonnet, like I said before, if Walker goes out, he, you know, he could be a great guy to have on your roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charbonnet, I have a couple of teams where I'm running a zero running back strategy. I know that seems probably uh, like a really bad idea to most of you listening, but uh, it has worked for me before. It uh, works for me more often than it doesn't. So uh, Zach Charbonnet is just, to me, he's that perfect guy. Him, him and Kendra Miller both, honestly. Yeah. Uh, because I think that they both could get opportunities based on injuries this year. I think Kendra Miller may get opportunities regardless of injuries this year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Kendra Miller a little bit later because I have a lot to say about that guy. I do love his his um, landing spot and, and where he goes in rookie drafts. I, I just wanted to say I – actually have made a Kenneth Walker trade um, over the last couple of weeks and it involved me actually trading him away. So I know I said I'm holding him or trying to buy, but this particular league, I, I feel like I'm needing to retool. And uh, I was offered Cam Akers and, and the 110 for Kenneth Walker. And I just felt like in a retooling league or retooling team that that was just kind of a no brainer for me. That seems like if I'm being honest, the way I feel right now about Kenneth Walker, I think I would take that trade with just about every team I have. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers did survive the draft, as we like to say. Uh, he survived, survived free agency. I definitely think he's going to be the guy for, for the Rams this year. Uh, the 110, you're probably looking at Flowers or Levis there in most leagues. Maybe uh, if it's a tight end premium, you're looking at Mayer or Laporta. You're, you're still getting the – I do think 110 is kind of the where the draft starts to get kind of the same. It's like, as I've been saying, uh, I think there's definitely a tear break after 109, but 110 is still good enough. You get to pick your pick of any of those guys, or if one of those top nine guys slips for whatever reason, then you, you still get to gobble them up. So, yeah, I, I think I would have to take that Kenneth Walker trade pretty much every time. Yeah, and one of the top nine guys actually did slip. I ended up being able to get Quentin Johnson there at the 110. See, to me, uh, Quentin Johnson and Cam Akers is easily the route I want to go. If I if, if Between them or Ken, uh, ugh, Kenneth Walker right now, I'm taking the Quentin Johnson, Cam Akers side on every team I have. Win now, win later, win never. I'm taking <laughs> <laughs> And I have one or two of those. We all do, for yeah. being honest. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, One of those constant retooling teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Kenneth, uh, or not, excuse me, I'm taking Quentin Johnson and uh, the other guy you Cam said. Cam Akers. Cam Akers over yeah. Kenneth Walker. So let's discuss some uh, rookie draft trends we've been seeing the last couple of weeks here, Luigi. Uh, let's just start at the 101. Uh, have you had any league where you've drafted that has not seen B. John Robinson be taken at the 101? No, I haven't seen any league, even I'm not personally in any um, quarterbacks past being it being a super flex, so a max of two. But um, a good friend of mine is in a lot of the three or four quarterbacks leagues, and even he said that Bijan's going one on one in all of those. Yeah, yeah. So I have said on the show that I would take a quarterback in some situations over Bijan. I would take Bryce Young over him, and I I, I still believe that. Yeah, unfortunately for me, though, I didn't have I only have one share of the one one. I've not drafted with that league yet, and that league has I'm pretty sure it's like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow quarterback. Yeah. So I'm taking Bijan definitely, or 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 I'm taking the massive Paul if it's out there. Yeah, 
uh, one of the two. There's no reason to take Bryce Young in that situation. But I, I hold firm to that, that I would I would take Young over Bijan some situations. And if I was an Anthony Richardson fan, if I, but which I'm not, but if I was, I would consider him as well over Bijan in, in certain leagues. But that being said, we've both probably done 30 rookie drafts between the two of us so far. Yeah. And Bijan's been the 101 every single time. So Yeah, I, I don't think it's any surprise that the 102 has no chance of getting Bijan. Right, right. So the 102, I think that it's mainly Anthony Richardson at this point. So if I have the 102, I've been taking Bryce Young. I'm not a huge Anthony Richardson so fan. Uh, so uh. I did have one league where I had the 102 and the 105, and I was perfectly satisfied with getting Stroud or or um, Young at the 105. So I actually took Jameer Gibbs at the 102. That, that's going to segue us. I, I was going to talk about this a little later, but that segues into something that I was planning on discussing, and you just offered me a, a golden opportunity to bring it up, okay? Uh, first, let me say that I've had two copies of the 102 so far, and guess who I took in both cases? Bryce Young. Okay, yeah. And now for that segue, uh, legitimate question, and obviously I know how you're going to answer, okay? This was something that... I, I discussed in length with a couple of people in a, a group chat that we were a part of uh, earlier, a couple of weeks, actually probably really close to the, after the NFL draft at this point, or, or actually it was right when rookie drafts were starting. Uh, the question of whenever you're on the clock, Bijan excluded, of course, because Bijan's the 101, obviously. Do you take Gibbs when you need a running back, or do you just take one of the quarterbacks for value? Uh, you obviously answered that question. You're willing to take the running back. Well, I'm willing to take the running back because I have – my quarterback rankings are Young, Stroud, and then Anthony Richardson. But it seems like the community's rankings are Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and then C.J. Stroud. So I was mm-hmm. perfectly satisfied with getting my QB2 mm-hmm. or even my QB1 at the 105 and taking Jameer Gibbs. I didn't want to risk somebody taking Jameer Gibbs ahead of me and me being stuck with the 105 where I would probably have to take another quarterback. Well, that's kind of where I'm fully aware of what, you know, what you're saying makes complete sense, but I'm of the opinion that, that to me, with what I'm seeing and what we'll let people are willing to pay for all three of these quarterbacks, I'm a value-based drafter and, and a value-based dynasty player in general. And I know we all are to an extent, but that is I'm very hardcore in that camp of value drafting. I don't go against it very often. I can't in good conscience take Jameer Gibbs in, in, over any of those quarterbacks because I know that the return value – on those quarterbacks is going to be worth more than Jameer Gibbs. Maybe not the day that I take him. Uh, maybe not the next day or the week after. But at some point, I feel like I'm going to get more out of any of those three quarterbacks than I'm going to get out of just drafting Jameer Gibbs. Uh, and it sparked a debate in, in this group chat of, of whether or not that that is a quote-unquote honorable thing to do or whether that is you know sneaky and or or whatever you want to say and 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 to me 
someone said that, you know, I don't go with the, someone specifically said that they didn't buy into the whole holding people hostage, players hostage uh, deal. And I'm like, it's not about that. I'm not taking CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young when I don't need a quarterback because there's one specific person that I'm trying to block from getting to a quarterback thinking, ha ha, you'll pay me the moon. It's not like that. It's just that I know if I make that pick, there are enough teams in the league that at some point someone's going to need a quarterback and they're going to pay me more than what Jameer Gibbs is worth. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I had tried pretty heavily to trade the one the 102. It's just in certain leagues, I don't know if the if they looked at my team and said, well, he needs a quarterback. Because I did need a quarterback, and I was planning on taking a quarterback. I just happened to have the 105 in that league as well. And I don't know if the team – let me just say the offers weren't near enough what I would want, even for the 105. Yeah. So I just decided to go with what I, I thought was the smartest decision, and, and I took Jameer Gibbs at the 102. And then um, I actually ended up getting Bryce Young at the 105. Bryce Young at the 105 makes me feel things inside. <laughs> well – so what actually happened in this league, funny story is, I don't know if the guy saw what I was doing at the one o at the one o two taking uh, Jameer Gibbs, knowing that I would get a quarterback. But when I looked at the the draft, uh, his draft pick after he drafted, he had taken JSN at one o three, and I thought to myself, man, that just seems crazy. Why would you take JSN at the one o three? And then I looked and saw that he had the one o six, and I was like, <laughs> he did the exact same thing I did. So it went. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, JSN. Then the quarterbacks run started. It went Anthony Richardson. I got Bryce Young at 105, and he took CJ Stroud at 106. And I think that's perfectly fine if that's the way you want to go. But I have been doing this for several years now. Whenever there's quarterbacks on the board, and they're more valuable than the other players left that you that you need, I just take the quarterbacks. And one of the comments in, in the group chat that we were talking about was that well, that can backfire on me. And I guess in theory it could, but I will tell you it has never backfired on me. I've always been able to find somebody. When you're talking about leagues of 12, 14 teams, sometimes even 16 teams, someone always needs a quarterback. And it doesn't always happen immediately. Like I said, the, the year I took uh, I took Trey Lance and Justin Fields, bang, bang, at like I think four and five because – I wasn't going to take any of those other guys over. None of those guys have as much value as those two guys. I think it was not until November, but I eventually was able to move uh, Trey Lance. Got ins- sensationally good value at the time, I felt. and, and well, of course, Even more now. Of course, yeah. we know now. I, I got really good value. And then Justin Fields, I wasn't able to move to the following year. But the following year, I got really good value out of them. Now, and, and even if you've got other quarterbacks on your team that you want to trade that you think are less valuable, like a you know potentially Kirk Cousins or even a Geno Smith, yeah. even if you're getting cheaper assets out of trading those two guys, but you've still got quarterbacks up and coming. Right. So it's never a bad thing, in my opinion, to take a quarterback, even if you've got four or five or six on your team. Because like right. you just said, you're always going to find somebody to be able to take one of your quarterbacks. It doesn't necessarily have to be CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. It could it be doesn't. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Or, you know, I've had situations where I have Justin Herbert on a team and I drafted uh, a couple of quarterbacks in that draft because that they were the right value pick. 
and I traded just Justin Herbert for like three guys. I won yeah. championship that year. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it, it, there's just so many different ways that you can make drafting quarterbacks work more than any other position. That's just my opinion. And as far as, as, as people saying, well, it's, it's not okay to draft a quarterback just because you know, other people need them and stuff like that. You know, right up to my pick then we're playing a game here. I, I think that gets lost on people sometimes. Yep. And, you know, I'm not going to send you a bunch of trades. I'm not going to send people a bunch of trades where I'm ripping them off by 50, 60, 70%. So I've got to find other ways the reason why I'm not doing that is because people are too smart to fall for shit like that. They're not going to make those trades. So I've got to find other ways to get an advantage. One of the ways that I feel like I get an advantage is I draft those quarterbacks and I end up getting more value out of my picks. So that would be the, the, the argument on my side of that. But it, it, I feel like it is an interesting debate because some people are, you know, there's a small minority of people that feel the way I do about it. Then there's a whole bunch of people who are like, I just don't care. I just don't do it because I don't think it works. And then you've got another small minority who's like, I think that that's cheating. And so not, not necessarily cheating, but they think it's bad form. And and, and to me, uh, I, I, I just don't understand that, that way of thinking. So they would have, they would have to think that about every position. Then they're just thinking about running backs and wide receivers. Why are, why do you have more than four wide receivers on your team then? If you right. think if you think holding wide receivers or holding quarterbacks is bad form, then you would think holding every position. Well, is. The, well, the argument would be is that I can play all those wide receivers. That would be the argument. Which, I mean, if you if you think about it, that that is a valid argument. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you've got to find value where you can. Otherwise, you know, we we nobody's ever able to get an advantage on the next person because. Dynasty players are too intelligent now to accept bad offers, even even just slightly bad offers. Uh, I cannot tell you how it's very rare anymore to see a trade come through in one of your league inboxes where you think that guy got hosed. They're very rare, in my opinion. They happen still, uh, but most trades I, that I see and that come through are like, oh yeah, that makes kind of makes sense for both teams. The values even. Uh, it just it's harder to get ahead now. And I, and I really feel like I'm one of the few league mates that is really if my team is a rebuilding team, I'm willing to take a value loss right now if I think the value in two years is gonna be much better. Just like what you said, you took Justin Fields. He his value from when you drafted him is it's higher now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you drafted him and you held him this whole time, then you could sell him for much more value than what you had to use to, to draft him. And and I feel like I'm one of the fewer people of my league mates that are willing to take that value loss, quote unquote, right now to get the value in the future. I'm willing to take a value loss when I'm trading away veterans. I'm not much for taking value losses on younger players and picks, but uh, I, I will say this. I'm not going to take a massive value loss on anyone. I, to, I'll just... I'll just hold George Kittle if nobody wants to give me more than two seconds for him. That's just the way I feel about it. So moving on to a little later in the draft. So we kind of touched on the two, the three, and the four are usually some combination of the three quarterbacks, and Gibbs has been slipping in there. I've seen JSN once or twice. but At the one of four mostly, though. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that happen once or twice, but for the most part, it's it's quarterbacks and Jameer Gibbs. Uh and it's about 50-50, maybe more like 60-40 that I've seen a quarterback actually get the five. Uh, 
Uh, in, in some leagues, I've been forced into taking a quarterback at 105 when I didn't really need one. And then, unfortunately, in, in one specific league where I was really hoping a quarterback would get to 105, of course, they did not. Uh, but the 105 and the 106 is always has been pretty much JSN and some combination of generally Stroud and or Gibbs. Uh, Young has slipped to the 105 in the drafts we've been in once or twice, but it's, it's pretty rare. Yeah. And Anthony Richardson. I, I, don't know if I've, I don't know if I've seen him past 104. I, 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 I don't think that he's – I've probably seen him past 102 except for the times that you and I have drafted them and maybe one or two other times. Yeah. I, I think that he's getting drafted probably 75% of the time he's going at 102. It's pretty, it's pretty much a staggering majority that 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 like Anthony Richardson. Now, I, I personally don't get it, but I, you know, I could be very wrong. I get why people are doing it. I don't get why they think Anthony Richardson is the guy, though. Right. I get why why well, they're doing it for the him. rushing upside and yada. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, for me to say I don't get it isn't really accurate. I do get it, but I just I don't believe in the player uh, personally. Uh, so that brings us to uh, – well, first of all, have you seen the top six get broken in any of your drafts? No. It's happened one time in the draft. K- Kincaid did slip into the 106 one time that I that I remember. Uh, but other than that, it's been chalk one through six. So that brings us to what I would say – my next tier would be like 107 through 109. But I – think that it's for the whole the community as a whole it's more like 107 through like 110 sometimes even 111 slips in there for for some people and we're talking about Kincaid Addison Quentin Johnson to a lesser degree I would say Levis and Flowers Flowers. is that pretty much what you're seeing yeah and I've even seen you know um Devon Shane get pushed up into like the 109 and 110 area in, in, yeah. in multiple drafts, actually. I, I've seen that as well, and, and I'm not a big fan of Zay Flowers. But personally, I can't I can't take a shame over Flowers or Levis. To, to me, because of draft capital, because of position, uh, I, I wouldn't take him that high. I, I have a couple of shares of I may, I may only have one share of a shame now that I'm looking at it. The only share of a shame I had, I picked up at 202. Which yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I have any shares of a Shane, to be honest with you. Maybe one. That's right at the sweet spot for me for a Shane, if I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, and that was, that's a 202 and a 12 team, of course. Yeah, uh, so four, 14 is pretty reasonable for him, 14th overall pick. Right. And so, honestly, my tier is it's dependent on uh, what league you're in. So, like a, a two ti- 2.0 Titan Premium, I may even consider Mayer at the 110. Right, you know, so well, we we agree, and I think that we've seen this in all of our tight end premium drafts. The Kincaid is without a doubt the one on seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe even one on six over Jameer Gibbs if if Gibbs I falls seen, there. I haven't seen that. I've yeah. seen him go ahead of JSN one time, like I said. But yeah. I've not seen him go ahead of Gibbs as of yet. But I can't. I would never do it because of value, as we've talked about. Right. But I would not need a whole lot to move down from Gibbs to the 107 to to get Kincaid. Yeah, you know, funny you say that. So I was on the clock um, and JSM was on the board and I wanted, I actually seriously wanted Dalton Kincaid instead. And like you said, I just, I can't do it. Couldn't do it. So I offered the guy who was right behind me 
the like I think the the last pick of the second round and his pick, which was the very next pick for for JSN, and he snap accepted it. I'm like, all right, I wanted Kincaid anyway, so I just got a free second out of this. Yeah, and I mean, even if that's what you want to do to pick up some value, that's what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, and and honestly, you probably still lost the value by a little bit, but at least you got something. Yeah. Right. Because I was probably going to honestly take Kincaid anyway over JSN. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, if if, the, if you make that trade and that guy just snaps up Kincaid for a reason, well, I took JSN. You got JSN I'm fine. And you know? second, right? so, <laughs> yeah. So that I've been seeing Addison mostly ahead of Quentin Johnson, mm-hmm. but there have been. I'd say 25 to 30% of the time I've seen QJ slip ahead of Addison. And I, I, I do have Addison as my 108. I do too, but by the slimmest of margins. Yes. Yeah. The slimmest of margins. Uh, pretty high on QJ at this point. But uh, uh, so late in the first round, we're seeing a lot of Mayer, uh, some Laporta. Especially premium, yeah. Some of Shane. Kendra Miller, Will Levis. Levis is a hot spot. I actually picked up Levis at the 202 in the league, which wow. felt really nice. I think I did that in the league as well. I was on the clock at 202, and the guy ahead, ahead of me took Kendra Miller, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm taking Will Levis. I don't need a quarterback. Here we go. Taking right, Will well, Levis. That was my situation, <laughs> too. It, it's it's so odd because in this, in this particular league, I, I, I slammed Bryce Young at 102, and then – uh at 106, Gibbs and JSN were already off the board. So, like, all right, I guess I'll take CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking anyone else. I'm not taking anyone else. Right. right? Uh, you know, and, and then uh, later on, I'm sitting at the 202. I actually passed on him at the 112. And I, I thought long and hard about taking him at 112, but Michael Mayer was sitting there and it's a tight end premium. So, I'm like, that, that's enough justification to pass on Levis. And then Levis was still sitting there at 202. So, I, I, you know, couldn't justify it anymore after that. No, so, definitely not. I think what people are missing on Will Levis, and I understand why he's not going in the top six or even the top nine, but I think what people are missing with him is that even though he was technically an early second-round pick, all the reports out there, there's lots of, I wouldn't say evidence, but we've heard a lot of people kind of say that the Titans were – desperately trying to get into the back half of the first round yeah, to get Will Levis. And they just didn't have anybody that wanted to trade with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, for my own purposes, considering Will Levis a late first round draft pick. That's the way I'm, I'm choosing to look at the situation. Yeah. And, and I somewhat agree because, you know, I even said on draft night right after the, the uh, first round was over, all the rumors are coming out that the Titans tried to trade him with the Eagles and tried to trade up with the Bengals and and, and that like. And honestly, it doesn't shock me that, that neither one of the teams wanted to trade out. I mean, I think they got great players there that they needed. So it was just hard for the Titans to get up into the, the, the end of the first round. And then he fell to them in the second round, and they were like, all right, we wanted this guy anyway. Let's just take him here. Right. So I do think that there is enough draft capital there and enough hype that could be surrounding him that makes him definitely worth a late first. Especially, I've said this multiple times, I don't know if I've said this on the on the podcast, but I'm not a huge fan of the end of this first round. So if I'm sitting there at 110 and, and all of the, the bigger players that we just named, the, you know, the 
Jordan Addison's and the QJs and the Duncan Kings. If all those are off the board, I'm going to seriously consider taking Will Levis at 110. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking Flowers over Levis unless my quarterback situation is nice. Yeah. You know, and I I did take Flowers over Levis in in one situation, but it was also, it was the same league where I had already taken Young and Stroud. I took Flowers at, at the 110 and then Mayer at the 112. Basically, like, I was trying, actively trying not to take Will Levis, yep. and then he gets to And then 202, two, you're like, I, I have to take him here. Right, right. So, but I'm going to say on 90% of my teams, I'm taking Will Levis over Zay Flowers. Yeah, For Zay Flowers, easy. maybe even Michael Meyer, depending depending on my quarterback situation and, and tight end premium. Only tight end premium. Yeah. I'm never no, taking I'm not- Taking Mayer over Levis in a non-tight end Yeah, 100%. And honestly, I really do think Mayer could turn out to be something. But it's just – it's a quarterback. And and I just – I don't think that Mayer's ceiling is higher than Will Levis' ceiling. And the value can't get higher. Well, maybe in tight end premium, but not not in non-tight end. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I completely agree. feel the same way about Laporta. I have him just slightly below Mayer. Yeah. So they're they're – basically the same guy for me, yeah. but I'm never taking Laporta over Mayer, but you know, I'm not going to be upset if Mayer goes and I have to take Laporta with the next pick. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. If you were desperately warning Mayer and the guy in front of you takes Mayer, then Laporta is just a, a good compensation. So everything after one Oh nine to me with the exception of Levis probably is just kind of everything from one Oh nine to like two Oh three ish is kind of the same dude. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's really dependent on your team. It's really dependent on the league. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. And even in a non-Titan premium, Mayer and Laporta kind of get even pushed down to that next tier, in my opinion. So you're really looking at after uh, Flowers and, and Levis and a sh- maybe a Shane, maybe. Or I, I don't know how, how you feel about a Shane. I, honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, in a non-tight end premium, after, after Levis at 110, you got like 10 guys that are just kind of put them in a bag and, and shuffle take them one out. out take one out. Yeah. You're going to get the same value. It's it's pretty much the same value yep. depending on, on, on who you like. And yep. and I agree uh, with that statement. That's you know, Like I said, that's why at the 110, in most situations, I'm going to seriously consider taking Levis because I just feel like the guys behind him are, are all – I could get a guy of two six that I could get at the the two oh one if I really seriously wanted one of those guys. And the I, I feel like the the majority of the community agrees with us on this because it is nearly impossible to move down from like the one ten and get like the two oh two and the two oh four. It's mm-hmm. damn near impossible. Nobody is wanting to move move up to pick these guys because they know that the guys that are going two and two and two oh four are probably just as good. So it's. It's made trading in that back half of the first round, early second round, pretty uh, pretty impossible. So it's definitely a top-heavy draft this year, I'd say, uh, as far as the, the, the stars. But then we get into the what I would say is from the like the 205 all the way down to like the 305, 306, and 308. And this is just an insanely deep draft, in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah, I, it's definitely deep for depth, guys. It, if you go into a, a rebuilding, retooling team, and you have a ton of draft picks, even all the way up, like you said, to the three or five and the twelve team, you're gonna get, you know, yeah. especially you have ten draft picks all, all from the three or five, you could very well get eight guys that that help perform. Yeah, that's just insane. Well, you know, 
I'm getting guys. We're all getting guys. Uh, I've seen, it's not just me, but I, I say this, but we're getting guys like Jalen Hyatt in the late second, early to mid third round. Or Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Yeah. Uh, Ray C. Rice, I got a, a Kansas City wide receiver that was drafted in the second round. I got an elite a draft at 212. And that's not really uncommon. I've seen that multiple times. Wow. Uh, Mims is going in the early third, late second, early third. Uh, They're one trade away from him being relevant. Right. Cedric Tillman, a guy that I really like. In the third round. He's in the 308. Yeah. 308, 309, almost every single draft. Uh, Who is their their wide receiver, too? If you You, ask me right now, I'd say it's Cedric Tillman. It could be Cedric Tillman. You're getting the wide receiver, too, of Deshaun Watson at the 305. And, 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 And the guy that everyone is just, in my opinion, absolutely, absolutely falling to sleep on is Darnell Washington. That guy in the leagues that I've drafted, that guy seems to be free. Like, take him at the end of the third. Sometimes I've seen him even slip to the beginning of the fourth, which is absolutely absurd to me. Then we've got a guy who we haven't even mentioned yet, which is surprising because he's one of my Carolina Panthers. Jonathan Mingo, who is – can you think of anybody from from the start of the NFL draft to the rookie drafts who has shot up more in value than Jonathan Mingo? Yeah. He seems to be the consensus uh, fifth wide receiver in this draft. And I've actually seen him go ahead of Flowers in one instance, which I don't agree with, but I have seen it. Uh, he's more of that uh, – can't believe we skipped him earlier, but he's more in that that middle uh, – not even middle, maybe early second, 202 to 205 range with Kendra Miller and, and Zach Charbonnet, uh, guys like that. Devin Shane slips to that area sometimes. Uh, but but yeah, uh, we haven't even talked talk, talked about guys like Tajay Spears, who I got in the third round the other day. And Michael I was, Wilson. Mike, Michael Wilson is another guy that seems to be absolutely free. Yeah, uh, he actually went undrafted in one of my leagues. I didn't have a four, I didn't have a late third or a fourth, and I didn't really feel like trading into one. But I, I'm going to be making a, a a waiver claim on that guy. Yeah, you bet your butt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's. I think that the 2000, in, in retrospect, the 2023 draft class did disappoint a little bit based on what we were saying it was going to be a couple of years ago. In terms of actual guaranteed studs. Yes. It, it disappointed a bit, but I'm not sure that I could ever remember a draft that was deeper than this one. I, legitimately, I, I was giddy to get Guys in the third round. Yeah. I, I, that's never really happened to me before. So Normally, I'm just like, oh, that's a third-round pick. Just take somebody, yeah, right? Yeah, But then you're like, I'm sitting there, 305's on the board. I'm sitting there at 308. Come on, Tillman. Come on, Tillman. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's, you know, uh, it, the later rounds have definitely been more fun this year. Uh, so that brings me to kind of the last thing that I want to talk about with these rookie drafts. Uh, it's a trend that. Uh, I noticed that basically just started this year because last year I was able to do this with ease and have been able to do this with ease pretty much every year up until this year. One of my strategies has always been, and I know there's a lot of people who do this well during rookie drafts, is you try to trade down in the draft and pick up rookie first from the following year. I've been able to do this with pretty relative ease in most of my leagues up All the way up until, up until this year. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because the dynasty community is just getting 
they're wiser. They're, they're wiser and, and they're and they're understanding the value of rookie picks more and more. But I, or it I could was, be it could just be the hype of the twenty twenty four draft too. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so, but I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I've done approximately. 12 rookie drafts i have not been able to pick up one single 2024 draft pick uh and last year i they were like they're like candy you know they're free basically you get a draft pick you get a draft pick everybody gets a draft pick and and in even years before that it was even worse but i I think the days of trading back in these rookie drafts and and picking up extra rookie draft capital in the future is kind of over based on what I've seen so far this year. In the first round, I've been, I've been able to do it pretty well in the second round, but in the first round, it's, it's it's just so much more difficult this year. It's, it's pretty, and you're not even able to do things like, uh, so trade that I could pull off all the time was like moving from the one Oh five to like the one Oh nine or one ten, and picking up a first. And you would think in this draft where the top six is valued so much more highly than the 109, the 106, 7 through 109 range, that you would easily be able to make that deal. No, nobody wants that deal. Nobody wants to give up the extra draft capital. Um, and and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I think it's better for the community to get wiser in general. But if you're not ever able to make those trades, then I think it just kind of, things get stagnant. You know, we basically go into these rookie drafts. We just make our picks, and that, and that's, and that's it. So, I'm hoping something happens. You know, that maybe brings it back to more of a middle ground in the future, as opposed to people who are just like auto rejecting anytime you try to pick up their 2024 first for for a move up. And maybe it's time for people uh, like me to go the other way and try to move up for for cheap. Maybe it's maybe that's a thing, but. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm going to monitor that very closely myself going forward. Uh, but another thing I want to bring up, touching on something that you said earlier about the 2024 draft class being so stellar. Mm-hmm. This is going to be my PSA to the dynasty community, uh, to the dynasty community. And, and most people will probably say that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And maybe they're right, but I'm telling you guys here, right here and right now. We don't have any freaking clue what these draft classes are going to be. I agree. I agree so wholeheartedly. And I even had this conversation with somebody in one of our group chats that you don't know what the assets are going to be in the future. Just because you're getting a first in a supposed stacked draft class doesn't mean that you're going to get even a good player. The, The draft class that we thought in 2023 was supposed to be stacked and while it is great for depth it's not great for for star players and and we hear that 2024 is supposed to be just as good if not better but we don't actually know anything if you've got a guy that you like i'm gonna say his name let's just say jordan addison there is no reason for you to trade back to trade a first you know to trade jordan addison for a 2024 first there's just no reason uh, last year, whenever I was trying to pick up 2023 first, in a, because it was a stacked draft class, you know, and the 2022 class was such garbage. And I know people are going to give me shade for saying that I did this, but I also know the, the, a majority of people that I talked to would have absolutely done the same thing last year. So I traded the 106 last year in the league for a 2024 first and a 2024 second. 
or 2023, excuse me, mm -hmm. for 2023 first to 2023 second, because, you know, they're worth so much, you know, so much more than 2022 picks. And um, ev everybody that reached out to me, the talk that I talked to about that trade said, that was a great trade for you. Now, I'm sure that they would say now that it wasn't because, you know, hindsight, so on and so forth. But you know who that 106 ended up being? Who's that? Garrett freaking Wilson. Yeah. So I've learned, and I hope the rest of you have learned, that 2023 firsts aren't worth any more than 2022 firsts. They're not worth any more than 2024 firsts. They're not worth more than 2025 firsts. This whole conversation, this whole narrative about one class being so much better than the rest, it's kind of hogwash in my opinion. Yeah. And if, if you fall into the trap, then you're you're probably conceding some some strategy to your opponent. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, like I said. And and I think that may be one of the main reasons why you're seeing uh, teams unwilling to trade firsts for firsts is because the community's catching on to the fact that just because you think it's a it's an elite draft class, it doesn't mean that it's actually gonna be and, and you never know where those picks are gonna end up. It could you could be trading the one you could be getting the one twelve for your one oh five. We we see every year we see this. It seems like uh, you know I'm just gonna go out and limb and say in three years from now we're probably gonna look at that 2022 class and think it was every bit as good, if not better, than this 2023 class. I I mean maybe outside of the the quarterbacks, I think it's better. Oh, I think it's definitely better yeah. outside the quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if, if we had had quarterbacks last year, even a couple, that would have been an all-time draft class. Yeah, honestly. and people were saying that it wasn't good. Yeah. It may not have the depth that this draft does, but at the end of the day, you need studs to win. And I, need, just, I just think that, that the it was much more top-heavy than this one was. Yeah, it's kind of what whenever I keep, keep hearing people say how good – Caleb Williams is going to be last year. Well, Caleb Williams might be really good next year. We thought he, the same thing about Spencer Rattler. We, we talked about Spencer Rattler right. like he was the next Patrick Mahomes. Right. And now he's not valued as a first or maybe even a second round rookie pick. Even a guy like uh, Bryce Young, who two years ago when he won the Heisman, he was the big, huge deal. Remember? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes in this year, he has a less of a – he has a worse year at, at Alabama than he had the year before. And now all of a sudden we're taking a guy who completed 50% of our passes, his passes over him. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go on a limb right now and say, I think there's at least like a 40% chance that Caleb Williams is the one one next year. Yeah. I, well, we, we just don't know. We think that we do, but we don't. And I think that, I don't know what the best way to put this is, but, I think realizing that we don't know as much as we think we do is an asset in playing this game. I really think it's, it's an asset. If you come in with the mindset all the time that, that you know what's going to happen next and, and, and you've got everything pegged. Well, I'm sorry. You, you just don't. No, you don't. And, and even, even experts, they may know more than we do, but it's not like they know even close to everything. They're they're right about the same as we are. Yeah, being completely honest. <laughs> I, I just I didn't want to diss anybody who considers themselves an expert. That's all. That that's that's kind of why I feel that value is such an incredibly important part of the dynasty uh, game that we play, because I legitimately think, and I'll, I'll I'll say this to anyone that's listening out there. 
I don't think that I'm any better at determining who's going to be the next big thing or who's, who's going to be this guy or who's going to be that guy. I don't think I'm any better than you are. But I also don't think that you're any better than me. I think we're all operating at about 50% if we're being honest. Yeah. So you have to you have to get those advantages in other places. And I think value is kind of one of the ways that you're able to do that. Uh, so, Luigi, uh, that's kind of all I have to talk about uh, the rookie draft trends. Do you have anything else to add here? Yeah, I just wanted to say I feel like if you've got some aging vets on your team um, and you're not really looking to compete over the next couple of years, there is no reason why you shouldn't be trading for some of these third-round draft picks because, like we talked about, there are just so many good depth piece dart throws that you, you can get. And, and we didn't even mention – one of the guys that has one of the highest ceilings that is going in the late third, early fourth, which is Keishon Brute. I mean, <laughs> I had to we bring almost him. made I, it, ladies and gentlemen. We I had al- to bring him up. I had to bring him up. We almost made it out of this rookie <laughs> podcast, rookie draft podcast, without hearing the name Keishon Brute. I had to bring him up. He's yeah. got he's got one of the highest ceilings of, of the rookies, and and I do believe that if. if if you've got a guy who's aging, I don't know. I can't think of a, of a good guy off the top of my head, but a, a, an Ezekiel Elliott, for instance, and somebody's willing to take Zeke Elliott for, for one of these third-round draft picks, why are you not trading him for those these third-round draft picks? Or even if a guy falls to the to 4-1 that you really think is good. Um, I, I know why you're not doing it. Simple answer is why, because nobody's going to trade you a third-round draft pick for Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I was using him as an example, but, right, right. but guys, guys of that, of that stature, there are guys. David Montgomery, there are guys. There are people who would probably take a third round or take David Montgomery for a third round draft pick. So I think that's getting a little too cute. I, I mean, I guess if you ask me on a win later team, would I rather have Cedric Tillman or David Montgomery? I'd probably rather have Cedric Tillman, but I feel like Montgomery's still worth more. Maybe. Uh, it, I mean, like you said, I, I think Cedric Tillman very well could easily be. Right. wide receiver two on the team. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's foolish to say, I don't think he goes lower than wide receiver three. If you're, if you're win now though, you're taking Montgomery every time over a guy like Tillman. Right. Right. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. The guys that you think this guy's going to lose more, more value, more value every year that, that, that comes along. There is no reason why you shouldn't be trying to trade these guys for some of these starter draft picks, because you're getting guys who very well could, could be worth, an early second next year, depending on, on how well they perform this year. There's just so many guys in this draft that you can get in the third round. And a lot of a lot of teams may not even care for their third round draft picks. I don't know yeah. why you wouldn't, but we've we've seen that a lot. We've seen teams that don't really care about their third round I've, picks. I've said on this show and that third round picks don't really matter. And I feel like this is like the, the one draft. This is the exception yeah. to that rule. Yeah. And 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 I've said that as well. You know, we've, we've talked about some of our teams. We said, oh, it's got the 302, but it doesn't really matter. Now that 302 actually has some some meaning in, in our team because it adds another depth yeah. piece. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be trying to trade for it. I, but I, I think the likelihood is – don't. this is like a year-to-year strategy because I think the likelihood is is that the thirds are going to be go back to not being relevant next, next year. year. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I'm talking about this draft especially in particular. You can yeah. get Cedric Tillman. You can get Darnell Washington. Who the only reason he didn't go early in the draft is because he's a little hurt. Pittsburgh yeah. is going to be throwing the ball. He'll probably be on the on the field. Well, I, I said this last podcast. I think that this is the death nail for for 
Pat Fryer move with with the Steelers when his contract runs out. Yeah. Because you know a guy like Fryer is going to is going to command a nice contract, and I what why would you do it when you've got Darnell Washington? Washington waiting in the and we've seen I don't know if the Steelers go the same route, but we've seen a guy who put up a heck of a year not get a contract in Dalton Schultz, and he had to yeah. go settle for a one-year contract somewhere else. Right. All right, Luigi. Now let's let's talk about the next show, which we've never really done on this podcast before. But we, we've already got the, the next show lined out, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I, I, I feel like you are too. Yeah, I really am. So next, uh, next show, episode 11, we are going to be starting a – uh, startup draft here in the next probably three or four days, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. And uh, episode 11 and probably a, at least one more after that, we are going to be doing a uh, deep dive into how that uh, startup went down. We're going to go pick by pick, explain what we think the re- – definitely explain the reasoning on our picks and try to explain the, what we think the reasoning is on some of the other picks and some of the trades that are made with, with, with the other people. Uh, something that we've been talking about doing ever since the show started, once startup season started. Uh, I don't know how many people will actually be entertained by this, but it's, it's, it's something that Luigi and I, and, and even Ryan back whenever he was making regular appearances on the show, we all talked about and we're excited about doing. So uh, what we're going to do, and, and you know, this is where you guys come in a little bit, the listeners out there. We are going to uh, start this up. It's going to be a 12-team. Stop me if uh, I get anything wrong here, Luigi, because Luigi's actually Commissioner's League. 12-team, tight end premium, super flex, of course, uh, start 12. Start 12. Instead of start 10. Uh, And... And that's pretty much it, right? Just snake draft. Nothing really. Nothing else really fancy about it. Nothing about the the draft itself. I do have a few quirks in there um, for like playoffs and things like that, but nothing that's like nothing that really affects no, the players. No, nothing in the in the very slightest. No. Yeah. Um, but we we kind of want some of you all to come get involved with us. We've got uh, six open spots, and we'd love for six of our viewers to to come in and join this. Uh, startup with us um like i said it, we got six spots the the entry fee is is 57 if if this interests you feel free to reach out to us uh, via email at dynasty dreamers pod at gmail.com and dynasty dreamers has a z at the end of it that's dynasty dreamers pod at gmail.com reach out to us ask us questions ask for the bylaws i've got the bylaws written out as well and, and come come have some fun with us. You know, we can talk about your team if that's what you want uh, whenever it's all over. Well, we're definitely going to be talking about your picks. So, yeah. so be aware of that. We're going to uh, analyze and possibly scrutinize every pick in this draft. Yes, so definitely. No, so yeah, don't no take all feelings. feelings. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but it, like I said, if it interests you, reach out to us. I'm more than willing to send you the bylaws, and even if it doesn't interest you when you read the bylaws, there's no hard feelings. Give give us a give us a quick note and and let us know if, if you're interested. Uh, just so you everyone knows, the the first six spots are taken. It is me, Luigi, Ryan, uh, my son, who is a dynasty uh, rookie. I he probably, was on the pod last week. Yeah, on the pod last week. Probably shouldn't say that now. Everybody's going to try to make trades with him. Now. <laughs> Uh, and then a couple of other friends of ours, uh, Tyler McPherson, who we have mentioned on the sh- show before, and uh, Jorge Taylor, who I don't think we've mentioned before. 
Uh, but we decided to do half the league friends and half the league, hopefully will be people who listen to this show. So uh, if you're interested, uh, like we just said, just, just uh, email the podcast or leave a comment in the, on YouTube, on or YouTube. Something, yeah. just get a hold of us somehow. Some of you, a lot of you, I talk to on a semi daily basis anyway. So just reach out to me and DM, but uh, yeah, we would, we would love to, uh, get some fan interaction with, with that going on and uh, have a startup, you know, everybody that's played with us before that knows that we're out for blood and we expect no different from, from you guys. So uh, I think that that is uh, about it, right, Luigi? That's all I got. All right. With that being said, this has been the 10th episode of the Dynasty Dreamers Top Podcast. Thank you for joining us. For my co-host, Luigi Federico, this is Joe Galloway signing off.